0: We're doing a sermon series called New. Um, Everyone knows when the year ends and you kind of take an inventory of the last year and what happened, how you did in every area. There's some areas where you might give yourself an A. Some people give their B minus, be generous. Some people will throw a big F on there and say, I'm not lying to anyone, but I got a powerful F in this area. What I want to do as one of the pastors of this church, I want to look back at the this year and say, what are areas we need to grow in as a community? You know, because we're too focused on being individuals now. They're selling us all this individuality now. Follow your dreams. Be for you. It's all about you. What makes you happy? And we're buying it. And we're loving it. And we're framing our lives around it. But the, the church and the word of God and the Bible say, no, it's all about we. It's all about us. It's all about us glorifying the name of God. How can we change to be a light in the world of darkness? How can we be more of an example of what it looks like to follow and live like Jesus and be sacrificial and love our neighbor like we love ourselves and love our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? So I want us to hear this as a community. Last week we heard we were going to come more about being low and being servants and being humble and living for others and being sacrificial servant leaders. This week we're going to talk about how we can make better investments. We're going to talk about money today. I got gotcha. you. That's why I didn't post it on Facebook. Because every time I, fo- po- I post a preaching on money, there's like 12 people here. And they're all givers. So I'm like, you need to give more. They're like, I'm giving everything I can. <laughs> I want to ask you, how would you spend your money in 2015? Was it the same year that you got an F? Were you splurged on all the things of this world? Were you gave into the marketing and the magazines? Were you going to make yourself better and get better things and add on more things and and, and better, 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 more, more, more stuff that's going to rust and pass away? Did you get an F in splurging on yourself this year? Did you get an A in being generous to the church this year? And if you did, I want to clap for you because we wouldn't be here if some people didn't get good grades, Right? But we need some people to make the honor roll this year. Because there's no reason we shouldn't be self-sustainable and even growing financially this year as a church to spread the gospel throughout the world. And that's the reason. Because I'm not a money collector up here. Because it's just Jesus' message. You know, 11 out of 39 parables Jesus talked about were money. Do you know he talked about money more than he talked about heaven and hell? He talked about money more than he talked about love. Know why he talked about money? Because money gets our hearts. Money gets our hearts. That's why I said you can't serve God and you can't serve money because you can only have one master. And some of us, our master is money. We'll get up. We'll sacrifice it. It brings us the true joy. It's what really brings us comfort instead of God. And so I want us to really punch this master money in the head. I don't want us to lay down and bow down to as a church. I want us to be a community that's generous. And we're going to talk about the widow's mite today because you know what everyone's excuse why they don't give? I don't have. But God never says that in the scriptures. He says, blessed is the one who gives out of their lack, not their abundance. The church was built on poor people. The church was built on people who had nothing. And those who were rich and got the heart of God and became the ones who fueled the mission of God. So I want us to hear. And I want us to really, at Restoration Road, we love hard messages. People say that to me all the time. Like, I'll get up here and be the man that was a hard message. Everyone's like, man, I love that. Come at me. I want us to really check our hearts today. I want to see if there's places you got to grow when it comes to the way you spend your money. Because the way you spend your money shows your value system. It shows if you're honoring God and if the gospel really has your heart. I remember the first time I made money. I was about 13 or 14 years old, and it snowed. You guys know that happens in the winter in New England around here? Back in the day... When it snowed, you like, get your shovel. We're about to make some money up in here. And me and buddies, we'd have like a one-day contract. We thought we were a businessman. We'd be dressing like we're about to make money. And you knock on that door, you need help, and you go shovel, and you'd be like, man, this driveway is way too long, but you'd make your money, they'd pay you. And we used to jump in, side note, we used to just, it was just a fun day. We'd jump into the snow piles from the plow. And this particular day, I thought it was a snow pile, but it was a boulder covered by snow, and I swan-dived into it. But that day, I made $20. Back in, that must have been early 90s, late 80s. When you made 20 bucks and you're 13 or 14, I'm like, I'm set for life. I'm good. I made $20, man. I got money. Do you know what I did with that money? I went to McDonald's. And I got a 20-piece nugget and about 13 apple pies. And me and my friends feasted at McDonald's like we were kings. You know what happened to that money? It was gone. What happens to us? I was a child, so I thought like a child. Many of us still have a child's mentality when it comes to our money. We think we make money to buy more things for ourselves. I asked my kids this week during family worship. I said, what's money for? And I expected them to give a childlike answer. So Talia said to buy things, but she realized she was in family worship. She's like, to give away? <laughs> right? Right? And Kira didn't even care. She was like, to buy things. I'm going to Disney. (laughs) Like, when you're a kid, that's how you think. It's immature thinking. I make money to get myself more, to have more, to make myself happy. I want us to stop thinking like children. When it comes to money, because money is not about you getting more things. It's about giving to the glory of God to take care of his church, take care of his people and spread the fame of his name throughout the world. So let's just talk New England. How important that people get an A in giving so that we can spread the message of gospel throughout New England, which is the least churched area in the nation. To the point where Time magazine is writing, putting us up there and people are sending missionaries to New England. So we got to pay to keep the lights on in here. We need people who are going to fuel that mission. We've got to grow up in this area. So let's learn from the widow, the one who had nothing, the one who gave from her lack. Let's turn to Mark 12, or you can just look up the screen with us. Instead, he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So I want to just kind of set the scene of how giving looked during this time of Jesus. Um, The people of God always gave as an act of worship. So that's why you see in our our offering box it says worship offering. It was always an act of worship when you gave financially. It was showing where your heart was. It was showing that you recognized that God gave you the opportunity, the mind, and the skill to make money. That you knew everything from a job, from your skill set, to the gifting was given to you and provided by God, that you even making money, that you couldn't have a breath and you couldn't make money without God watching over you, informing you, and making you to make money. So when they gave, it was an act of worship. They never gave lower than 10%. You know how people say, man, I'm working up to 10%? That was the floor. Nowhere in the Bible you find anyone giving less than 10%. How much the widow gave today? She gave 100%. No people when they say, it doesn't say we still got to give 10%. Those people never fighting to give 15%. They're fighting to give 2%, right? Is that honest? 10% is the floor in the Bible. They would actually give 23% of all they had. They would give 10% to take care of the priests. They would give 10% to take care of the temple. And 3% to take care of the poor. So you guys see percentages. I want you to see the heart in this, though. It's always been part of the people of God to be generous. Now, as Jesus was people-watching, how many people love the people watch? I can people watch for the whole vacation. You bring me to Disney World, I can sit down and watch people and say, what's wrong with this brother? You know? Jesus starts to do some people watching. And he's looking at the scene. And in the temple, what they had was they had 13 offering boxes set up right in front of the treasury. And they had like this trumpet-like bronze um, receptacle where you threw your coins into. And so you'd see the rich and you'd see the poor. And you'd see them walk up and give their offering. To God as an act of worship. And Jesus supernaturally, I mean, he's divine. So he must have known what they were making and what they were giving. So with the rich people, they're rolling up there. They have a lot. They have a bunch of money. They're throwing all those coins into that trumpet receptacle. And And that sounds like they're giving a ton of money, right? Then the widow goes up to the offering box. And all you hear is cha-ching. And Jesus calls over his disciples, and he says, look at this woman. See what she did. Let me ask you, is that how you would have people watched? Or you've been like, that dude has given to the church. But Jesus said, she just gave more than all those who were rich because they gave out their abundance. I want you to hear this word today and think about it. Proportionality are you given in proportion to what God has allowed you to make ask that question of yourself because Jesus sees these people making 150 200 grand and they might have dropped 100 bucks 150 cha chain in the offering but he says they're not giving proportionally then you have a widow that has two mites that equals a penny and he says watch how she gives cuz she gave out of her lack not out of her abundance When the church gets a hold of giving in proportion, it will change the world because the church will be resourced right. Even deeper, God's not just looking for the amount of money you give, He's looking for your heart. And what you give in proportion shows your heart. You guys know it. If you say you love somebody and you don't care for them, you don't really love them, you love what they give to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You love what they give to you. Someone says they love you and they don't contribute to your life financially, if it's a marriage or whatever it is. They don't really love you. They love what you give to them. Because if they really loved you, they'd be contributing financially. We all know that's true. And that's why when people are cheap, it bothers us. Right? Maybe people who are waitresses or waiters. When someone's cheap, what do you say? That's a messed up dude right there. Because it's showing their heart. What they give for a tip shows their heart, because money and the way we spend it shows us where our treasure is. Hear this, because God, when he has you, you become a generous and a giving giving person, and it really does change the world. So if you're giving 50 bucks a week and you make 26 grand, awesome, you get it. If you're given 50 bucks a week and you make 150 grand a week, you're not, you have abundance and you're not given proportionally. That's showing something with your heart. If someone was asked and they could look at your checkbook, they would see where your heart is. Can I get an amen? Not on Money Sunday. I know. I understand. <laughs> I could look at some of your checkbooks. I could go through and I can tell if some of you love going out to eat. Because we ain't cutting those budgets, right? You're not taking away Applebee's. You are not taking away Wahlburgers from my budget. Because why? You love it, and your wallet shows it. How about vacations? What if I came for some of your vacations? You would kill me. I can look at your vacations and say, they love their Traveling. Because that's where your heart is. It shows what you love. Now, if I came to your giving to God's church and God's mission for his glory, what i be able to say, brother needs some work. <laughs> some of you get it, and I want to thank you. But some of us, I want us to hear this today. Some of us are going to be encouraged because we're saying God has a heart. Some of us are going to hear a loving rebuke from our pastor and from the word of God today. And it's all in love. You know what I mean? It's all in love because I love you guys, and I want the best for you and for the church. And so I need you to hear that today. Because people always ask me, should you be asking someone to give that has a small amount of money? Let me be honest with you. The Savior in me says no. The Savior in me says, don't tell people who don't have much money to give. But am I more compassionate than Jesus? Have I made that mistake once again? That if Jesus is putting this woman on a pedestal who's a widow and she's giving everything she has, there's no way I'm more compassionate than Jesus. And there's no way I get it more than Jesus. There's no way I won't eat that apple of pride. I'm not eating that fruit. We are called to give out of our lack. Now let me explain to you a widow's life because I hear people say they're poor all the time. I'm so sick of hearing it because 99% of you aren't poor. 99% Nine and nine percent of you have money pro- spending problems and coveting problems, and want to live like you're rich, and, you're, and you don't have that much money, but not poor in comparison to the world. We are rich in comparison to the world. Please hear me. I hear people say they're poor all the time. Then I see them post a, a, a picture that they're going to Maui for vacation with a yacht with their initials on the side. I see people post they're poor and they have better entertainment systems than people who are really rich. I've seen people post they're poor, they have nothing, and roll up in a Harley. I'm dead serious. A street glide. One brother said, I got no loot. He rolled up on the bike like you see how I do. I'm like, what are you talking about right now? I said, people tell they have no money. I roll up on the house and people are putting an addition on it. This is, stop. We need to stop lying to ourselves. We need to be honest with ourselves. And we need to become generous. This widow got it. Let me give you the life of a widow in ancient times in Israel. When your husband died around the time of Jesus, you had no way of getting money because the husband cared for the whole family. And you were ostracized. Like many times your in-laws would even cut you off because, say, our son died. We, have, we don't have to take care of you. And so you're left alone. And it looks like this widow right now had no, no son to take care of her because many times the son would have come and take care of her. So you want to talk to widows with the poorest of the poor. And some of you are poor right now, and I really want to have empathy told you and love you, but it's in the 1%. I don't want to give excuses to those who aren't really poor. That's the reason I'm saying that point. If you're poor, God's going to care for you, God's going to love you, and we want to care for you in any way we can. But that's not the reality for maybe 95% of us. Let me bring that down a little bit. Because someone said, man, I am poor. <laughs> but the widows were the poorest of poor And she's in a place where she has a penny left. A penny. And I can only imagine what she's going through in her life. The process of her mind and her heart. I have no money. I'm mad at God. Why hasn't he given me more money? Right? Because we can go that direction, right? I'm poor. Why hasn't God given me more money? Or she could have got mad at the religious leaders, right? Because the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they're supposed to be taking care of the widows, And here we have a widow showing them up on how to give. She could have got mad at the church. Don't you love when people use that excuse? I don't give to the church because I gave once and the guy was horrible. Stop that. It ain't about the church. It ain't about the people. It's about the mission and the glory of God's name. Don't allow yourself to get excuses because you're just lying to yourself. And when we stand before God, all our motives will be brought pure. And all the lies that we told people for a year, we'll really get to see our hearts. And I'm telling you, you want to be pure of heart. This is what we're getting at. The pure in heart, see God. Fight for a pure heart when it comes to money. Fight for that. Fight for a pure heart. Get the lies, get the sin, get all that stuff out so she can enjoy God in this life and be a generous person. She's at a place where she can splurge on herself. How many people, I've seen this all the time too, they got no money left, they get a little money, and I'm splurging because I deserve it. Right? I'm splurging on clothes. I'm splurging on eating. I'm splurging on a bunch of things. This lady says, I'm not splurging on myself, and she was truly poor. I'm going to give all I have to the fame and name of God. you are going to understand the heart here. She gives all she has. And she doesn't know if she's going to be taken care of tomorrow. And Jesus says, come look at this woman, and we need to do this today. Look at this woman who truly was poor. And gave in generosity and just changed, been changing the world for 2,000 years as people hear of her story. Now, I would guarantee you one thing, even though the scripture does, doesn't say it, she was taken care of for the rest of her life. And I would even argue, wouldn't, wouldn't say in confidence. I've saying in confidence, but I'm not saying in scripture. This might not have been the first time or the last time that she did that. It's the first time it's recorded, but this woman had a heart that was generous. So that wasn't the only time she gave in her life. This is something she practiced. So I want to ask you guys this question. And really ask yourself honestly. You don't have to answer out loud. How many of you, of you have used your lack of money as an excuse not to give to the church? How many of you will splurge on things for yourself, but not on things that will give, give to others through the church? If your answer is yes, I sincerely ask you to examine your heart and make, make sure this area becomes new in your life in 2016. Do it for the glory of God and the good for others. How many have splurged on the church? <laughs> like, man, I got some money out of nowhere. I'm going to church. <laughs> I don't know if that's happened, right? Where's he going? He's going to splurge his money on church. How many get the gospel so much in that the gospel changed lives and that's the power that changed the world and that Jesus Christ did rise and die again. is coming back to restore all things. And you say, I want to make the best investment I can make for the glory of God because when all pass away, all things rust, all things are left, some things we don't even use, the church will still stand in eternity. How many people want to splurge like that? Let's get some church splurges up in here. Let's do it. Let's get the heart that really changes our town, changes our city, changes New England, and changes the world when we get a hold of this. And I didn't think I was going to bring this up, but I I feel compelled to. People need God first, but the church is God's bride. So you can't love someone without the other. If you don't like my wife, you don't like me. Okay? That's how it rolls. Don't say you like me, you don't love my wife because we come as a set. You can't say you love God and you don't love his church. It's a lie. Scripture says it over and over and over again. The church is so needed, and I don't know why I'm saying New England today, but I feel like I'm compelled to say it. The church is so needed at New England. Do you know a woman came here six weeks ago? You know we've had two women pass away from addiction, overdose in the past year that was sat in this service and heard the message of the gospel. And you know how much that breaks my heart? And i am sure many of you. Because people are out there selling stuff that isn't going to save people's souls. The gospel of Christ saves people. A loving and gracious God pinned to a cross saves people. It gives them purpose. It gives them meaning. It gives them forgiveness. It gives them community. It gives them all the things they need to live. And that only comes through the church. And if we don't invest in the church, the church will not live to proclaim the glory of God. Lives are at stake here. This isn't about me having a comfortable place to come to for an hour a week. Lives are at stake because they need Jesus and they need God's people so they can find life and find it more abundantly. Please hear the seriousness of that. Because everything else is going to pass away. Your addition is going to pass away. Your car is going to pass away. Your entertainment is going to pass away. But our souls go on forever. And they need to be careful, and they need to be beloved by the church. You know, there was a family when I was younger. They had one of the most selfish husbands and dads around. He bought himself a Lincoln, and his family drove a beat-up minivan that was unsafe. He had three kids, and he had a wife, and he put them in this unsafe car. And he'd roll around his Lincoln where he invested all his money on himself for what he wanted to do, like a child. I buy myself what I want. While his family, his bride, was in this beat up, unsafe minivan. Does that bother a lot of people when guys do that? Do you do that with the church? Christ's bride? You driving around with Lincoln while we're in a beat up minivan that's unsafe? Many of you might be in a tough place financially right now. Maybe it's of your own doing, or maybe it's because you're in a place like a widow where something happened and you're poor, and our heart's with you. We want to care for you, we want to love you. You don't have to care for yourself because God's going to care for you and take care of you. But one thing this scripture teaches us that we shouldn't stop being generous because we aren't rich. The best investments you will make is when you have nothing. Because then you know God really has your heart. When you give when you don't have, you see that God has your heart. And that's what this widow has shown us. And that's why Christ made our example of what it means not to love money but to love God. And in closing, I'll tell you a story about when I got a little old and I became a man. I was about 20 years old at the time. And by God's grace, sometimes people always come by me and drop off a check for me. <laughs> I don't know why. Like People are like, can I have lunch with you? i got some money. And that's been happening to me ever since I started following Jesus. So this guy, after church one day, came over and said, I got a $1,000 check for you. I was 20 years old. He says, there's a $1,000 check for you. You know what I could have done? Splurge time, $1,000, extra cash flow. What am I buying for myself? But God began to change my heart, and I wasn't a child anymore. Money wasn't to buy things. It was to give. God gives us money so we can give it away. And I just guys want to see the change in what Christ can do in your heart. My mom needed brand new rugs from, for the whole house. And God had finally got my heart. And I said, Mom, put wall-to-wall carpeting in this house. You know, I never look back on that investment and say, man, I should have splurged. I said, man, God, show me. I gave it to us something that mattered that made my mom happy. I gave it to others. And when God sees you're a good steward, and he'll give you more to steward, God has always provided. And I love giving to the church, and I love giving to others. That's not a testament to me. That's a testament to God, through his grace, crushing me with the power of his gospel and making me understand I'm not a child who bites McNuggets anymore that says money is to buy things, but money is to give and to resource the church of God. Let's be new this year as a community. Let's be generous. And let's allow our money to show our affection for God and for his bride, the church. Amen. Let's pray.